already got all our banter out of the way without recording now. Right? Yeah, I know. We got a lot of banter. I mean, most of it was about how much of a dick Paul was. So I guess that yeah. applies. Yeah. I don't know who started the thing, but like someone on Twitter was like making fun of people who cry at movies and just stop crying. It's just the movie. I, I don't know if it like originated with, I would think it originated with Tony Stark dying at the end of a movie. Endgame. Jesus Christ, couldn't think of it. <laughs> the it's like the biggest movie that. ever. Yeah. What, was that, what was that kind of famous movie? Had Judy Garland in it. It wasn't always in color, but sometimes it was yeah. in color. I don't think a lot of people have heard of it, though. Something Gone in with the Witches. Wizard of... Gone with the Witches. Yeah, so I, I picked Awakenings. If you haven't seen Awakenings, oh, yeah. fucking sad-ass movie, right? I think I first saw that when I was maybe like 9 or 10. And well into my numbness to the world and like movies you know like I, I had been watching shit like way inappropriate for a nine or ten year old and then i see awakenings and then just like a movie that can bring back emotions into someone who's just dead <laughs> you remember feeling emotions <laughs> i feel emotions again <laughs> it did I, for me for a while i was just gone and now it's it's back and that was the one i like uh Definitely a good good cry movie in there. I like Awakenings a lot. I think it's a really good movie. I saw it probably, obviously not the same time as you because I'm older than you, but around <laughs> the same age, probably yeah. 9 or 10 is the first time I saw Awakenings. And I didn't fully understand what like catatonic was or yeah. like, what was causing it. Like, so I went back and rewatched it again probably about five or six years ago with better understanding of the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's still sad and it's still hard to watch. So when I first watched it, I remember thinking that Robert De Niro's character was like an ungrateful like jerk, like he was mm-hmm. an asshole. And I didn't realize it was like him grappling with losing himself again, like being brought back and yeah. then losing himself back to the catatonic state again as a result of the medication not being a permanent solution. And so like now understanding that and looking at it and thinking like, what would it be like to have been catatonically dead to the world yeah. and then come back and then be told, whoopsie, whoopsie daisies, this uh, yeah. isn't going to be a permanent solution. You're yeah. going to go back to it. And so now, like, as an adult, I look at it and I see it that he wasn't being a jerk and he mm-hmm. wasn't being rude or, or like, disrespectful. He was just dealing with it emotionally. Yeah. It's an insane story, so right? Like, you yeah. lose, like, what, 30, 40 years of your life to be back awakened for- when you would have been brain dead for all that time, basically. Yeah. For what, like, a month? And then you slowly slip back into that knowing that that's going to happen and yeah. that's where your life has been it's insane and so it's it's a really good one that i don't know if it would make me cry it, i don't think it made me cry last time i watched it but i can see the emotions yeah. of, of why it would like i'm not saying you're wrong for no no <laughs> uh, i mean plus. shit some random ass <laughs> movies make me cry occasionally and i'm like why is this yeah. fucking making me cry Sometimes you know, I cry at commercials. When it, when, when they get all uh, pissed off at each other in, in basketball and then that song comes on the radio and describes how he's feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Oh, my uh, God. Um, <laughs> I'm a real sympathetic crier. So, yeah. if, like, I see it. I'll be watching, like, reality TV with America's Got Talent or whatever. And it's someone who's so passionate about their thing. And they mm-hmm. play that stupid music cue. <laughs> and the judges go, oh. And then they start crying. They're like, and I was... I had a stutter in high school and I learned that the only way I could get past it was by singing. And I'm like, I feel you, man. Like that sucks. That's hard. And I start, I start crying like a little, like a little baby boy because it gets me. But the movie that makes me cry every time, 
no fail. Even even recently, uh, last time I watched it is the Green Mile. Oh yeah, the Green Mile rips me apart, and yeah. I I saw that in the theaters with my parents and one of my best friends when it came out. So that would have been like what, like Chad? We were probably like thirteen, fourteen, maybe. It was like ninety nine. Actually, came out like that. Ninety nine, so like fourteen, yeah. fifteen. And I was just, I was in tatters in the movie theater, yeah. like just crying at uh, when he gets like. He's just because he's just this sweet, sad man who tried to make the world better and mm-hmm. cure the world, and he couldn't do it, and it was just too much, and it just, I don't, it just hits me, man. It just tears yeah. me up. It's one of those tear jerkers. When, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't use the word tear jerker anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that has been ruined because of a joke between myself and your brother. Yeah, I, um, I like making that joke because it's uh, funny. <laughs> I don't really choke up in a lot of movies. I think so, like. Movies that kind of make me choke up a little bit are ones that show, like, really intense, like, authentic, like, family stuff. I think that hits Mm -hmm. a couple chords, but I don't cry. The one that makes me, like, I I have to, like, hold it in, and it's completely stupid, and I don't understand it, but it's that scene in... The two towers, Lord of the Rings, when <laughs> Merry and Pippin are being torn away from each other, and, uh, and it's all slow motion. Well, they're being taken away from each other, and I forget which one it is. It, I think it's um, Charlie from Lost. It's like you don't understand. We're never going to see each other again. Like every time, <laughs> it just hits me like a brick, and <laughs> it's just like, why is this so sad? <laughs> Hobbit movie makes yeah. me sad. I mean, The Hobbit made me angry, but Lord of the Rings, those two Hobbits made me uh, yeah. very sad every I think it's time I see about, it. Like that, uh, the the childness of them. Like it's like. You know, Andy and Ollie from Bob's Burgers ripping them apart. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. And I think it, it has a lot to do with this. Like, one of them just doesn't get it, right? And the other like one does, right? Yeah. And it's like this really powerful moment where it's, and they do see each other again. So it doesn't matter. But like in that moment, it's like, you don't get it. This well, is because in the moment, it was it. Like, there's, he's like, we're probably never going to see each other again. Like, mm-hmm. this is it. We walked away from the Shire. We went, and that's actually. That's the scene that kind of gets me, like hits me in, in the gut, is when Frodo and Sam are leaving the Shire for the mm-hmm. first time, and Sam just stops. And he's like, mm. this is it. He's like, one more step, and I will be as far away from home as I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's just that realization of someone to like stop and chronicle that moment for themselves. It's really impactful, because it's, it's, you know, you're thinking about, oh, they're going on an adventure. They're going out to do great things. But Sam really has just never wanted to leave, and he's yeah. like... This is it. This is the border of the Shire. This is, yeah. I've never gone past this point. One more step, even one more step, and I will have been as far away from my family and life as I've ever been. And, and yeah. realizing that he considers even that step to be like the biggest adventure he's ever been on is like, mm-hmm. now, now I'm on the biggest adventure. And then every step from mm-hmm. there was yeah. the biggest adventure Samwise Gamgee had ever been on. Yeah. And so psychologically, that's just a, it's a really cool character moment and it sort of like gives you pause. It's one of those great moments that I think people it's underrated. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't really think about it. I think it it's much. those those three hobbits there that give a whole movie series like no, their get, emotion. Yeah, Every, emotion. Yeah. Everyone yeah. else is just like it's just not they're, there, yeah. They're, yeah, they're either just killers or they're yeah. just like cut off or above emotions like an elf or something like that. But those three hobbits are like this is this is serious shit well and i think that's i mean not not at that point for you know pippin and the other one but like 
at least for Sam, he gets it there, and then later Pippin and the other guy. Because even Frodo eventually kind of gets shut off with what's yeah. happened with the ring and everything. And I think just as your view into that series, at least the movies, very much is is you're looking at it through their kind of perspective and not everyone else's. And I know say what you will about Peter Jackson. I'm not the biggest Peter Jackson fan, but the Lord of the Rings movies are amazing. And he did a really good job with them. But he also had the best source material that he could possibly work (laughs) with. It just spelled out everything for him. And at a certain point it's like, how do you would you mess that up? And then you look at the Hobbits and you say Okay. Yeah, that's how oh, well, that I think that's, yeah. I think that's part of why the uh, the emotional drama of the Hobbit is so much more hollow. It's not really hollow. It, that feels well. There's only one character that has the emotion in that. Yeah, you know, because all Martin the Martin Freeman the other, is the only one, and yeah, all else the other is, dwarves, yeah. all the other dwarves are like adventurers. Like they know yeah. what they're doing, and Bilbo is the only one who's never been on an adventure before. Mm-hmm. And Gandalf is just like, here you go, go at it, have at it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The Hobbit should have been one movie. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, roll the die, and we'll get started. Five. Again. Five cards. Twice in a row. So before you draw, I do want to share, someone did a variation of the uh, Stop Crying, It's a Movie. They changed it to video game. And someone posted a thing from uh, Final Fantasy where it's Yuna. And it just made me laugh because of our, when will you want to stop dancing? (laughs) (laughs) When people stop dying. That's so bad. I mean, everyone makes a big deal about Final Fantasy VII with Eris. And I mean, that makes sense. She was was like a tertiary character at best. Yeah. I mean. uh, Mostly people were just mad because they spent so much time leveling her up. That's why I was annoyed. Yeah. Give her a fucking (laughs) phoenix down and move on with your life. All right. We have five prompts. (laughs) Five prompts. Going to go ahead and start drawing. Our first prompt is a sports genre. Okay. Basketball. I left a lot of the, some of the genres in like sports. So this is the second time we've drawn sports. We did an, the episode last year with sports where we yeah. did our, our baseball that was one season. Of the best, yeah. Extra innings, I think, is the one you could most easily pitch as a thought out like web short. Like I like extra innings. I think it could mm-hmm. work. Yeah. No, I agree. Someone just needs to write it. We have a setting in an alleyway. Nice. Okay. Let's see. Sports alley. Bowling alley. There we go. Alley ball. Alley ball. Ball yeah. is the alley. All right. We can sports alley. It. All right. We have a prop that's a camera. All right. Smashing the paparazzi. Uh-huh. We got to pick two more card. Oh, all right. We can cast with anyone... In history, not just existing oh, okay. living actors. Cool. Um, Abraham Lincoln. It's our time traveling casting director. <laughs> oh, but so I can say like I want twenty year old Bruce Willis. Yeah, right. Of yeah. Current or I want to cast young Sean Connery. And I don't think that we should necessarily let that affect really. I mean, maybe so, like really affect the pitch that much. But I think we could do that where we have different people of different ages and the same person of different ages. And now, stuff could like I that. say I want sixty five year old Daniel Ratcliffe? Yes. Okay, so we can travel into the future also. Any yeah. age. All right, sounds good. So um, <laughs> now we're picking our two bonus uh, cards. We have a science fiction. Okay. And sports science fiction. And a setting in the neighborhood. Sorry, what was the last one? A neighborhood. A setting in a neighborhood. A neighborhood. 
what does that really mean, right? Because I guess like a house is in the neighborhood, but maybe like on the street or like a cul-de-sac or well, and even just like you know some of the boroughs of New York, you get neighborhoods in Brooklyn. So it doesn't need to be a suburban neighborhood, right? No, it doesn't. But like, I mean, I guess it's different when you're looking at a setting being a house in this unspecific neighborhood versus a neighborhood when like you have characters on the streets that they know each other and it's all this kind yeah. of f- yeah. community. Cause like, so like, Hey Arnold has, yeah. they're in a neighborhood, but it's fairly urban. Yeah, no, I agree. Cause stoop kid, stoop kid don't come off the stoop. I think I got it. It's yeah. uh like Mike too, with little Bow Wow when he was still Lil. The sci-fi element is the shoes. Cause I guess technically that's a sci-fi movie because you got those magical Michael Jordan shoes that made him play in the NBA. Movie's over. All right. <laughs> we good? We made, yeah. a fake, we made a fake <laughs> sequel. No, so, so when you think about sci-fi <laughs> sports, right? Like The Running Man is a sci-fi sports movie, right? Because okay. it takes place in, I guess it's not really a sport. It's like Like some of the TV. killer guys are sports. Like the hockey dude. Right. So, I mean, you get like this entertainment, reality TV, like sports show. So, like, if you think about it, would like Ultimate Crash Out or whatever, like that show where they're, or like American Ninja Warrior, is that a sports show or is that Mm -hmm. an entertainment? Like, how do you define an obstacle course show? Is that sport? So, Running Man is a sports show, right? In the in the world of the Running Man, the gauntlet that he goes through is a sports show to them, just like Death Race is a sport to them, right? Yeah, in Death Race. So, yeah. not the new ones, the original one with David Carradine. Mm-hmm. That's a sport in that dystopian world. It's not just a car racing movie; it's a sport, right? Yeah. So we could think of something like that. We could invent a new show that has become super popular in the future. So it doesn't need to be like oh, football, but the ball is silver because it's the future. Like whatever fake-ass sport they were playing in uh, Starship Troopers. It was like arena ball, but... It was like arena football, but... Yeah, it just had a silver football. (laughs) And like And they could do, like, backflips because there was, like, trampolines all over the place. Yeah, and, like, they murdered a dude. Like, they straight up, like, (laughs) took this dude's fucking head off and then, like, he got up and kept running and then got tackled. Like, no, dude, you would have been dead. Like, what the fuck? Just think about what types of sports could come across with, like, a, a big technological increase, right? Because otherwise, mm-hmm. we're just talking about different – we're talking about sports as they are, right? Yeah. Or yeah. slightly better, improved, whatever, or more violent, which is more of, like, dystopian future, like, we got gladiator stuff back or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's things that we could do that are – product of increased science you have like robot centered sports like fighting or things like that you have i don't know like you see those things where it's like uh these like moving like platforms that are like levitating and stuff and people like uh what was it an ender's game yeah had something like that zero g um like combat sports kind of yeah yeah or you know and i mean with that you could be like on a a you could be in space. You could be in like a, a space like arena, right? And they. What and if there's we did? Like, what if we did a sports comedy about esports kind of things, but we treat them like big league sports today, like like how they're treated when they're at an esports tournament. But that's now they're the guys who have replaced like the baseball players as far as fame goes. So it's not like this niche thing anymore. Like esports have okay, 
replaced the world of sports. And what if, um, so for like for the science fiction aspect of that, right? Like, I mean, it's sort of, I guess it's bending the rules of sci-fi where we're just taking place in the near future of when esports become accepted as. Sport, yeah. But... I mean, I think for science fiction to really work though, at least from what I kind of understand about science fiction, it's just like kind of looking into what could be future ac- applications of this. And maybe, Maybe it's just a different way of playing, right? Maybe it gets into like virtual reality based, uh, like esports. Yeah, yeah. No, and I think, um, I mean, now that we aren't going that route already. And then, I mean, like, yeah. But then if you start really going that route, then it really just becomes like Tron or, or, yeah, you wind up with you know, something similar. So, what if we do it in a world where, where like sports are still played, but in order to avoid player injury, so like football, but instead of the players, it's robots. But the robots are still controlled by the players, like on like these augmented reality like treadmills kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that way, like the robots aren't any stronger than the person who like you. They still need to exert the force of the hit or, or to run. They need to be able to. The, the robot can only run as fast as the person on the treadmill can run, right? I don't know where the drama is there, though. I don't know where the conflict is. I'm just spitballing here. On Maybe you have a player who was a veteran player. He was one of the last players to play in the human league who transferred over and stayed in the robot league. And you get the story about him coming to terms with that. I don't know. I, I got the concept of the sport, but then once I got into what's the drama, what's the story? Yeah. Like, what if it's robots, it doesn't seem like... There's no real stakes. There's no like Like, stakes. No one's like in danger. It's just, oh man, you lost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is stakes. There's, I mean, like, what was the stakes with Real Steel? And I don't, I've never watched it, so I don't know. So the stakes with Real Steel was. um, He was like an underdog and like just couldn't afford a good robot to to make money against the big guys or something like that, right? Okay. It was, yeah, it was basically Rocky, but with robots yeah, but he still he had, had a, to he had win a, right like, yeah he, he just had like winning a, or losing was was the stakes yeah he just had a shitty robot he had like a sparring robot yeah everyone else had it was a robot that was designed to yeah. only like mirror movement and get punched yeah like it was designed to just be a punching bag so like the kid and his dad reprogram it and teach it how to box like a real boxer yeah yeah so what if i mean what if it is this kind of a mix between like i don't know like this esports and this idea that you're in this kind of virtual thing. And what if our character, what if it's more of this open participation thing? Like you just have to qualify and you can play and you don't have to be. And they have these like big kind of like leagues where like there are warehouses of people playing. But then like, if you're good enough and you, you have the equipment, you could play from your living room. Does that make sense? So Uh it's sort of like ready player one. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that could work if we made like the main kid or the main person somehow getting like a a real world like accident where now he's like an amputee. And so he has to like learn how to use his own robotics with this to get back up to the level that he used to be at. That could be an interesting kind of take. Yeah, that that would be interesting. Like maybe not. I mean, amputee or or just like wheelchair bound or, or yeah any, yeah anything something like that where they where that character was a good athlete something mm-hmm. happened and now they want to compete virtually in this kind of esports thing 
in yeah. a similar way. Yeah, I, I can know. see that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something a little lighter. <laughs> I, we can play mm-hmm. something like small stakes, but for uh, play it. I mean, winning and losing big. is a stake. It's a stake. Like sure. it's stakes in a lot of but, things. Yeah. It's not I was, I was thinking of like yeah. that they got to rescue the rec center. No, no, no. But I, I was thinking of let's just have it be in the future, but they're playing like a present day game. Like it's a retro league. So, you know, like that, like bubble sphere hockey game where you, you just have three sliding players. It's like foosball, but it's the bubble hockey. So we can play like that, like in a future kind of thing sport. It's the old school 1980s hockey. That's been around for a hundred years in this world. I like that. What if it does take place in a sci-fi world, but they're playing this, like, Maybe it is actually just foosball. Yeah. Like this kid is just this like foosball wizard locally known. And we could keep it funny because it could then be like this like world of like underground high stakes foosball that no one knew existed. Mm -hmm. Like we just sort of roll with that as like a. Yeah. It's just like you're making fun of real steel, but you find like an old foosball table and you clean it up and now you can hold tournaments in your basement at night to me that that screams like it's just going to become like balls of fury which was not yeah. funny or good <laughs> right <laughs> well like i think when you're talking about this underground league of someone playing a really just mundane, yeah, mundane like, game. idiot game then yeah yeah that's what it feels like right it feels like uh, you're going down that. sure but yeah you, you can do it like a good absurdist uh well what was the one um what was the one where they kidnapped the guy from the celtics Oh yeah, Celtic Pride. Yeah, what was it from Ghostbusters? Yeah, and and one of the Wayans was in it, I think. Right? No, no, it was um, Daniel Stern and Damon Wayans was in it. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. he he was the basketball guy. Yeah. Okay. And so, Dan would you consider Roy. Celtic Pride a sports movie? Yes. For the genre that we're so, I'm I'm just trying to narrow down so we can like move yeah, forward like, on what we're doing. Because like, like Uncut Gems is a sports movie when there's not that much like basketball in it. You know, it's like a, a round basketball and has to deal with basketball players and gambling and you know a bunch of other stuff. But like that's still a sports movie. You know, I would put that in the sports section. Right? I don't know if I have watched Celtic Pride. If I have, it's been a while. To me, a sports movie is something that has to do with a competition that needs to be won or lost or whatever. That's kind of like the climax of the movie, right? Is, right. is, I mean, not always. is this game, but, but maybe not. draft day, right? Like draft day with Kevin Costner is all just about picking players and there's no game in that. And it's still a sports movie. Like Jerry Maguire, Jerry Maguire, you know, MacGyver. MacGyver. <laughs> MacGyver. Um, yeah. It's like all around like sports and everything like that there's very little football in it. I'm trying to avoid because now I feel like I'm walking a really tight line towards the extra innings pitch that you guys did back yeah. before I was on the show, because that's sort of how it started was let's do a sports movie with none of the sport in it. <laughs> and that's how extra innings got pitched. I want to avoid that. But I was also trying to see, like, what could we do to sort of subvert the genre a little bit? So, like, The Goon is a sports mm-hmm. movie uh, yeah. with Sean William Scott, where he he's just this hockey enforcer mm-hmm. but that's the movie's not really about hockey it's about his life as yeah. a hockey enforcer outside of the sport i mean i, I think know. that all movies are about things that aren't 
what they're about, right? If you made a movie that was only about football, it would be like you're watching, just football, watching a football game, right? right? And it doesn't work that way. So like the I replacements. Think, like, um, for example, you mentioned Jerry Maguire. Like at some point, there is a game that happens, and the outcome of that game affects the story, right? Mm-hmm. Or am I remembering it wrong? No, it's that's at the, the very end. So the whole thing is about yeah. you put everything into the sky. And then yeah, yeah. first game, and he then like there's almost yeah. like permanently injures himself, and there goes everything. And that's what but I was yeah, saying, yeah. that in order, in my opinion, for it to qualify as being a sports thing, is that maybe in the climax, there needs to be a game that the outcome is important to the story, right? Okay. And yeah, we I can know, do that. I know we technically didn't really do that with extra innings, but... X-Rings was 100% about a game. It was about yeah. a, a really long baseball game, right? Like, yeah. they didn't leave the stadium baseball game. So <laughs> so that definitely qualified. For this, If I mean, I agree. We should make it about other things. It should be about someone who's struggling outside of the, the stadium, outside of the sport. But there should at least be a sport that the outcome of that specific game is important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you consider The Wrestler a sports movie? No. Yeah. I mean, okay. yeah. But, I mean, in there is, there are, there's an important match that he's in, right? That's yeah. the end of the movie is him, him winning or losing, I forget. But <laughs> I <laughs> do love that movie. Lose. It's really yeah. good. It's a really good movie. So why don't we do something that we all kind of like, which is a standalone Star Wars movie that's just the pod racing and we can make it really good, like uh, like Rogue One, or you know, and have it like its own contained little universe. None of the main characters, but just in that Star Wars world of pod racing. So, like Days of Gungans. <laughs> sure, if you yeah. want to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? But the pod racing was like the worst part of Episode One. I think that was the only good part of it. So what if we do a racing movie that's like future tech racing? Then so it's not podcasting. Not pod racing, (laughs) but it's hover cars and we could have these like really fantastical routes and like, so sort of like speed racer, but like in our own thing, not like, it's not in the speed racer universe and it's, it's a little more grounded, but it's around a group of these racers. Like maybe it's just one race team we focus (laughs) on. Like, and so it's like NASCAR. It's not underground. It's not illegal. This is the, Mm. this is the actual sport. This is just the sport is this racing thing. And it could focus on this one race team and the pit crew. We could do it like a racing movie that just happens to take place in a world where like hot wheels kind of cars exist and like do these crazy races. What if there was like um, a really big space station and it had a ring around it, and they raced around the ring. I mean, sure. I don't know. It's just an idea. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we, we do... Think about it. <laughs> why, why don't we do uh, the, the rainbow world from Mario Kart, but not Mario Kart and not a rainbow, but just like a track in space that is around a planet that has like low gravity, so like you do stick to the track, but you can also jump around and then everything yeah that's what that's what i'm saying so we do like a future futuristic future tech space race kind of thing where it's not you know some crazy high drama and it's not like an absurdist comedy there's some there's some in between there like Mm -hmm. the we don't have to have a subplot where the the member of the pit crew is hooked on space heroin or anything (laughs) but But i love space heroin (laughs) (laughs) 
You need to stop doing that space heroin. I'm all that space high on my space heroin in space. <laughs> There's no side effects and it makes you feel real good. You should not try this. I'm walking on sunshine. Um, I think all the cars or the vehicle or whatever have like gravity. Also, I mean, so like you're on a planet or like Mars or the moon or whatever mm-hmm. that doesn't have as high gravity as earth. So yeah. like without these kind of like boosters that like keep it down on the ground, it would float away or something. I think They're it like, needs to be able to like do some jumps and some stuff like that. So there needs to be some gravity, but it could have like stabilizers like on the top. But I guess like Mars and moon vehicles stay on the ground. Yeah. yeah you like, still need to hit escape velocity and yeah, 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 yeah. get out. Like so. you're not, like, I think the track can go up, like, high enough to kind of get in that kind of, like, floaty zone. And that's going to be, like, part of the sport, right? Is you're, say you're on the moon, and a lot of it's on the ground, but there's parts where you're up higher, where there's less gravity. So you have to do, like, a flip, and then you're upside down, and then you have to... Well, I don't think there's less gravity on higher parts no. of the moon. No, yeah, no, no. But, like, we're, we're making <laughs> like, our own okay. sport... <laughs> In sci-fi world, right? Right. Okay. It's, I just I wanted to make sure we weren't putting it like on the because then we're gonna get angry letters from Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, I know how gravity go... works, and <laughs> you would have to get you know pretty far away. But whatever world <laughs> that they or moon that they picked to hold this race, that's like the place that it works for it. Right. So maybe it has a rotating. What's it? The magnetics. What's the magnetic thing that keeps the north and south poles correct? The, the poles, the, the field. magnetic field. Yeah. Right. So this moon has a rotating magnetic field. So during the race, sometimes it flips and then you lose a little bit of gravity and then it comes back down. It's something to do with like this moon moon's uh, weird like chemistry. Right. And this is like the sport that they built out of it because it's uninhabitable, but it's really cool for this racing. <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. It's like Titan races or something like that. Okay. Okay. And and we could have a few like action set pieces where we we have a couple of races. Nothing as long as the pod races because God, that was daunting. That, that was terrible. <laughs> I I don't know how you like that part of. I'm I'm stuck on it now. I'm stuck on how you like that part of Phantom. <laughs> that <laughs> and then the fight with Darth Maul are the only good parts. The rest of the movie I fast sucks. forward the pod racing every time. Really? I yeah, I can't stand it. I put it on like times three speed. And That's just weird. Why don't you just watch the end fight? <laughs> don't even watch the rest of the movie then. Anyways, <laughs> I think it'd be cool if there's like a part of the course where like it goes through this like meteor zone mm-hmm. where it's constantly bombarded by like things out of like an asteroid belt or something. Sure, so yeah, like, yeah we can do things it. And, like, so maybe this is like a moon of Saturn, right? And then there's like asteroids and stuff that comes and hit it. Like the weather of Saturn, because that's so large, affects certain parts of the track. Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. like a small moon that's got like a. 10 mile track right but you can do all this really cool stuff with it i'm saying in terms of format you're talking about you have a couple short small races that you don't really see that much of maybe they lose or whatever and then there is going to be that big kind of like race in the at the end of the second act that you get to see all of this kind of stuff and it's really intense and our character win wins or loses and whatever the outcome of that is right and there's some really cool I mean, I think options for visuals, physics be damned, it doesn't matter yeah, because yeah. we're in a different planet and 
different yeah. universe altogether. I don't give a shit, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, there are like, going to be a lot of different rules going on there. And then just do this crazy, really awesome visuals. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty cool. And this all sounds super dangerous. And I wonder if we go back to this idea that we suggested before where, like, the cars aren't aren't manned. Okay, so it's like Do drones. you think these are unmanned? I think it takes some of the, the, the venom out of the snake, right? So yeah. it's like, okay, this is cool snake and all, but there's no danger here. Everyone's going to be fine. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so. But the tracks are big enough to where it's like you have to worry about, like you have people back at uh, home base or in the pit monitoring like the telemetry data and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. then we could have a thing where maybe one of the rival teams like messes with their radio. So the 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 lead racer has to race without their their nav team for a race or something and like. You know, they're do you, doing do it you want it to be like this guy is an asshole or do you want it to be like they're allowed certain amount of weapons to not destroy the other one? Like you can't shoot someone, but you can like <laughs> throw out some kind of weird weapon that banana like, <laughs> that screws with the other team or something. You know? I mean, I don't think that type of I don't think that they would walk on that type of. Yeah, like no, deliberate. It's so not this like should be sketchy asshole dude that does it it's yeah, not like i think this should be like big corporate race, like right? big corporate team shows up and maybe these guys are more of like an independent team who are just good mm-hmm. and then the big corporate team is trying to like keep them out of the big race yeah and that sort of thing um i mean i think we need to have because we get into this neighborhood alley whatever we need to have this kind of community focused yeah. team right yeah yeah. And and that's so that's like, the team we're focusing on. The, the, and that's, there's our protagonist is this mm-hmm. what community do they come from? What neighborhood do they come from? Like in this case it seems to make sense that they're, you know, from a space station colony something, right? And there's a neighborhood there. And there's like a ragtag all the way from Earth. Yeah, it should yeah. be like ragtag. It should be some other planet not even related to our solar system, right? So yeah, that like, makes sense. Yeah, so we're gonna yeah completely invent this new. Yeah, this is gonna be a new world kind of thing. Yeah. New world, and maybe maybe different species of of humanoids. Sure, sure. yeah, we can not get all some aliens. not all humans. Yeah, get some aliens. Yeah, I like that. that. Yeah. And then our team should be like Hot Rod's team. Like it should just be like <laughs> <laughs> not as ridiculous, but that that sort of like small team. You want an like average Joe's. People. You don't want yeah. the. Globo gym. The Globo gym. Yeah. 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 No, I, I I agree. You went average Joe's. You went, you know, his, his dad was a famous racer and they used the shell of his vehicle to like build the fastest pod racer. And, then well, whatever. and, maybe, and maybe they've known each other since they were kids. Right. So mm-hmm. like you could get that opening scene where he's listening to the hollow projector radio or whatever in the alleyway, like listening to his dad race, his friends who later become his, his pit crew teammates are like, watching it like as he's like playing in like this cardboard box pretending he's like playing pretend and yeah. then we we cut to modern day of him driving the in the race that he's in when we open up like mm-hmm. we could do that where we we get the neighborhood where it's sort of run down ish sort of like city life and then he's just in an alleyway with a refrigerator box like pretending to be this like space racer mm-hmm. and then his dad into, dies like, in that the- race his dad died, and now he's like a rebellious uh, young man, like yeah, the new I Star think, Trek movie. Or do no, we I don't think he's a rebel. I think he's just, I think he's good at what he does. Like he becomes so dedicated to it after his dad dies yeah. that he basically centers his entire life around 
not getting revenge. Like it doesn't need to be a revenge mm. story. Like we don't need to reveal in the big race. Himself. Like no, I don't yeah. think. Yeah, I don't think so either. But it's this one course that his dad died only. He wants yeah. to prove himself on. Yeah, and I think. And so I mean, like a, that's kind of cliche, but it's cliche for a reason because yeah, it's like and I, but it's an effective motivation yeah. tool. But that's a. I don't think we need him to be like mm-hmm. the the rebel who steals his stepdad's car and like no, I know. From, yeah, yeah. runs from the yeah. cops or any of that shit. Like I think he should just be a person who had this tragic setback early in life. And then because of the drive to race in the same race as his dad was in becomes this driven professional. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's a little goofy. He's a little cocky, but he's good. He's cocky for a reason. Why don't we make him like in the pit crew when his dad dies? I was thinking he would be younger. You want a younger? Like to start uh, when his dad dies, I wanted him to be like playing in an alley, like driving along to the race. I'm also kind of thinking maybe we should have this be a woman. Okay. Because like there's so many of these dudes kind of revenge, you know, let's let's make a little space movie for the ladies. Give them that that movie that changed the four year old's mind and made her want to get into space shit. Sure. No. And I mean, Mm. I defaulted to male pronouns just because. I was jumping back and forth and using neutral pronouns. And at some point I just shifted to male. I wasn't yeah. saying it had no, to be no, no. We haven't even like figured out who our character is yet. So no, no, I'm not saying you're an asshole or anything. I'm just I just like, mean, you are an asshole, it, but let's get this going unrelated. From the start. Yeah. I just want to, want to get this going from the start. Let's make it a she in this. Okay. Cause we're going to do, we're going to do something better than the Hollywoods and the Bollywoods. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think that that makes sense. I, I wonder what can we do to set this Apart, apart from yeah. and and most of what we come up with is just let's take this you know whatever racing movie and put it in space and i think that opens up some for some really crazy visuals and some fun sci-fi stuff but what sets it apart from being any other my dad died so now i'm i'm taking up his mantle sports movie Okay, so maybe her dad doesn't die. Maybe he just, maybe he mentors her and teaches her through. He's part of the pit crew because she is just that good that he says, hey, you're ready to go. Let's go. And it's it's a story about her just becoming this. And maybe she doesn't win her first few races. And what I was thinking, she like, probably wouldn't win the first few races in mm-hmm. the movie, right? That's 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 pretty standard in terms of character building. Yeah. Like you have to give, you have to put obstacles in front of people yeah. to to develop drama okay he, he doesn't he, he doesn't die or hasn't died and i think that makes sense maybe he was maybe he was on the pit crew for another really you know famous racer when he was younger always wanted to be a racer and couldn't she was she grew up in that environment and she had the potential so he started like nurturing that and sure yeah, i like that where he she's not in his shadow at all at that point either then yeah. Uh, he's just part of her pit crew. And then her childhood friends are part of her pit crew. Mm-hmm. And like I said, maybe we don't even focus on it. Maybe it's not a big deal in this world that it's a, a girl who, who drives. Maybe yeah. women drivers are commonplace and it's just intermixed with like. Sure. Yeah. So she's not like a standout. She's not like a Danica Patrick where. Yeah. It's you know, it's special. She, no, like, She's a good just, driver, but she's yeah. a woman driver. So everyone focuses on that instead of the fact that she's just a good F1 driver, right? Yeah. Like, I think in this, we could make it where, yes, we're giving, we're doing an empowering female lead, woman mm-hmm. lead, but we're not. That's for our Earth audience, not yeah, for the Yeah, like movie. in in universe, it's just 
whoever drives yeah. well drives. It's so. it's like Star Trek. Like none of that shit matters anymore. Like yeah. it doesn't matter if you're gay or space alien or green and had got three dicks. It doesn't matter. It's like <laughs> this, this is just the world. Right. Yeah, I was wondering if we wanted to set up any identity related conflict. It could be based on alien or not or things like that. But, but you know, not we don't all have to have a identity related storyline either, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe it's like her little small neighborhood world is a smaller place and she's got to win several to get to like this bigger like the big like the pros right she's winning on the small circuit slowly mm-hmm. all to get into this main one which is going to be like the batshit crazy course that has all the pros have been doing this for a long time and there are more aliens in that race that have different like abilities because it just takes a different set of skills and she wants to be the first human from this small little world that is kind of overlooked to break in there and become and, number one. And maybe the big champion is from this race. That's like practically immortal. So mm-hmm. he's been racing for like 150 years mm-hmm. and knows the course, like the back of his hand. And yeah. he's just super. And maybe they meet at like a big event, like a ball or a gala or whatever. And they meet at it as you meet the rest of the, the racers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like a big promo event for it. And he just looks down his nose at someone who will be dead yeah. he'll still be racing and her grandkid will be trying to come up and be the next startup. Right. So that's his outlook on it is that why even bother talking to this person who doesn't even exist to him for more than a blip of time. Well, of it, could, it could just be this like class thing, right? Like, um, sure. Hunger games. You have that class, that one like district that always wins because they have a shitload of money and they can train the dudes. And then you got Katniss who's just got a bow and arrow and eating squirrels and shit. That's like, you know, she needs to prove herself like our little world isn't like this piece of shit place. We could fuck you up, you know, it, at least in this sport. Yeah. And I think that's a good angle to take. And I think you can get some good character moments from stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you can have um, if you want to have any kind of space race kind of stuff like there was some war like a thousand years ago and the main bad guy and a couple other races were. I think it's part I of think it. It's, I don't know if yeah. you want to do anything like that, but. I think it's something that could be there, but we don't have to be on yeah. the nose with it. Sure. Wondering if if these humans that are there, I mean, if we're assuming they're alien humans and yeah. not like not Earth humans, some other world from, humans yeah. from colonies yeah. or anything like that. No, it's like Star. World. They're like Star Wars humans. Yeah, where, you know, descended from other world humans. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wonder if they just populate this moon that is like kind of like a moon of an, a bigger planet. It's like Elysium, but like the pores are up on the moon and the riches. <laughs> yeah. Are yeah. Down. Yeah. That's what I was kind of thinking. <laughs> Not necessarily from Elysium, but yeah. Like, yeah. Like the living on the moon is kind of like a lower class. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. And then you can have like a couple different moons orbiting this place. That is like the ideal. Well, living I was, place, you know? yeah, I was kind of thinking that like, you have these local races and like at first she, she wins a race. She wins like the regional and the moon race. And then maybe she goes down the planet and there's some stuff there. And then like this big race is off world, like somewhere else. And so yeah. they're, they're, there's a scene where they go there, maybe between winning a couple local races and going to the main race, 
she and I, I don't know I don't want to like get into the cliched things but like a way to get some sponsorship or something else to improve like the like quality of her vehicle mm-hmm. and other stuff you know and I, I know that that comes up a lot in sports we're going to talk about the underdog because like underdog in sports is so often poor and and doesn't have the resources that the big team does because it's always a lot about class right mm-hmm. and the way to, to overcome class battles is by getting investors or other things to help improve that so i, I don't know i mean any, any thoughts on that yeah if you want to like throw in the corporate sponsorship aspect of it it does seem a little cliche especially thinking now about stupid hunger games yeah we're like no, I you know as soon as she like wins the thing she gets the mm suit of feathers that's also on fire i don't know <laughs> i'm not a big fan of the rest of the movies i thought the first hunger games was actually pretty a pretty solid movie yeah when a shitload of them die that's that's <laughs> super cool i was like oh they're actually killing them i thought it was like not gonna be like um battle royale but yeah i thought the first movie was a quality movie it wasn't over the top it was very like it felt raw ish mm-hmm. and maybe and like you could even even the 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 visuals were kind of grainy and like it felt really like yeah authentic and the rest of them I thought were awful. They they but. just pumped up the CG and the weirdness and it was mm-hmm. just like oh, I don't know about this world. It's but it's like Mugatu's world from fucking uh, Zoolander, right? It's mm-hmm. like everyone's dressed like Mugatu, I'm like <laughs> this place. But they're not Will Ferrell, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of thinking of like plot points right so we have maybe we have it starting off where with her as her young in the in her neighborhood in some alley like mikey was talking about them like playing along with the race on the radio because her dad is in the pit crew and she's really happy about it she's like either playing with a, a toy car or a box or whatever and it's so it shows how she's grown up in it maybe we sprinkle in these kind of flashbacks of her like on the like being in that environment throughout her life, right? Yeah. And learning and growing and all that. But eventually we have to get into... So maybe you know, maybe the race that she's going for, the big race, is one that no human has ever gone into. Yeah. That's what I was kind of That's, thinking. That, that should be it, yeah. So like, like no human the, has ever even entered it. Much yeah, as because, one, right? yeah. It's so, just, it's, so you get that underdog aspect there. And it doesn't even have to be her equipment. Maybe she's really well-sponsored and like successful on earth. And then she sees this race and she's like, why has no one ever done this race before? Like maybe she'll watch like the archival tapes of the races and be like, I can do this course. Like, why mm-hmm. do they act like no human can do this course? Mm-hmm. And so she talks to her sponsors and that could be part of the movie is not just focusing on her racing, but focusing on her navigating the bureaucracy of getting into this race. And they're like, there's no rule saying humans can't be part of this race. Like, yeah. there's no rule that says a quarterback can't be a dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, but well, no, it's so the it's kicker just, is a donkey, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I wonder if, and we wouldn't really show it to any extent, but maybe like she thinks she can do it and there, and, but there's no proof or whatever. Maybe she needs to pass the simulation before they would even let her do it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like in between doing like her other races, she fails a couple times at that, but it th- is able to to pass the simulation or something like that. Yeah, and she finds like a thing, like when she's watching the archival tape that's not in the simulation, so she like knows that there's a route she could take that would help her win. Like that would help her win. That's not cheating. Yeah. She's not cheating, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's just a route that is slightly more dangerous but quicker. But she 
thinks she can do it. So she has she has the friend who's the computer whiz mock up that part of the simulation that's not part of the official simulation because no one ever takes that route because it's mm-hmm. just been defunct and no one uses it. It's, too it's still not. But she but her friend who knows all the rules and statistics knows that route exists and that she could take it. Like there's no rule against yeah. taking that route. But it's just so dangerous that anyone going down that route, they pretty much assume just crashes and dies. Yeah. No one's ever come off. So maybe that side that's the, the like asteroid kind of like low oh, gravity. The, yeah, the asteroids yeah. just like hitting yeah. all around it. Yeah, yeah. it's like so it's she has too to fucking dangerous that, for everyone like, else. Yeah. yeah. And like her, like I said, her math friend, like the statistics friend is like, no one goes that way because there's no way to predictably take this. Like you can't simulate this route because it's going to change every time you go down that road because of the asteroid damage or because Mm -hmm. of just the way the gravity wells hit in that part of the track. Like you can't simulate that route. You'll have to do it live. Like you can't like, and so that's the big thing is she can either stay on the regular track Mm -hmm. and maybe she does for like the first couple laps. Right. And she's not pulling ahead as well as she thinks. And so she says, I have to take it. And that's our big climax is she takes the, the dangerous route to to win the race. And she wins, obviously. Like, I, I don't think she should win. I think she should place, get like second, but that's enough to like get the respect of these other okay. players. And then so you like, can later so have like, like Rocky, a where, she, yeah. where Rocky goes the distance. Mm-hmm. He didn't yeah. actually win the fight in the first. Yeah. Getting into the race. Great. Actually finishing even better. Like second place. Holy fuck. Right. I think that makes sense. And you can have like this. She's in like eighth or ninth place and then takes this thing and is able to come up to second or third and still be like mm-hmm. she still pulled it you know in the last uh lap she was able yeah. to jump ahead six places that's yeah you know, like crazy. it looks like she's gonna win and she just gets so close and doesn't mm-hmm. do it but like i still think that's like a victorious kind of movie yeah no that's cool i like that where she doesn't get first place and we don't do the we don't Spielberg the ending. Yeah, she no, gets but like, first place and like people like respect her. Then like the end of Cool Runnings, they flip yeah. over, they crash, but they cross the finish line. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's- and I, I think she, I think she should place. I think you're right. I don't think she should like come in like last place because then okay, she didn't prove anything. But then she just gets like a nod from the alien in like first place on the podium. Like looks over and just does like the yeah okay. And then the announcers, of course, are obviously giving us more exposition where they're like talking yeah. about how amazing it is and how great it is. But the people she cares about are the people she's racing against. And so she gets that like nod of approval from the guy who gets first place all the time. Yeah, she should beat the guy who's like the serious asshole who's like fucking with her. Like another dude who's just like, he's really good, but he's not a dick. He should probably win. And then she gets second. Yeah, I think that makes I think that's good. That way yeah. the villain doesn't completely win, but you yeah. know, she yeah. still beats that guy. That's what I was I was thinking how we could have her go the really dangerous shortcut and have the antagonist follow her. Yeah, but I was I thinking that. See how was... she could come from behind if he's like in the lead. Yeah. Right? Well, he well, maybe should like knock her out, like spins her out and she slams up against something where she has to like, you know, get her start car started and Yeah, so maybe going into the Yeah. But no, because I, I like the idea of her not taking that route alone and like, but surviving it. Mm-hmm. And him and whoever was with her didn't survive, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Not necessarily so, so dies, a, but like can't complete the race because their yeah. car gets so disabled or whatever. Yeah. Like they have to send out the rescue crew to go pick him up or whatever. Like, so maybe she's not six places back. Maybe they're vying for like third and fourth, right? For that whole lap. And then maybe he hits her 
and it veers her off into that way. And then he just follows her because he couldn't regain control from hitting mm-hmm. her. And so, yeah, now so they're, they're like one, two, he hits her purposely, but it also kind of fucks him up. A bunch of cars go and then they need to take this route to. Catch yeah. Her. So yeah. maybe it's a known route. It's not like a. No, secret. no, no. They, they all know this, but it's like, yeah, if you it's don't have dangerous. to take it, you don't take it. And this yeah. Is like and so then we get. Needs- so then we get both of them fall back. So maybe both of them fall back like six places. Mm hmm. And then they look at each other, right? They give each other like this look and then they both just peel out, or whatever look they could give each other through space cars or whatever. But you know. sure there's going to be like a dome where you can yeah. see stuff. And, and yeah. so they, but so they give each other this look and then they both just peel out towards the dangerous route. And now not only is she competing with the unpredictable dangerous route, but she also has to go one-on-one with this person who is an asshole, yeah. but also is clearly a competitive good driver so now she's got this like one on one match with this rival, but she survives it in a way that he can't and he gets disabled and then she pulls ahead and gets into third place. Mm-hmm. I like that. Like maybe there's some kind of like shield or something like that where he doesn't die, but he gets hit out of commission from the asteroids or something like that. Yeah. So, so like he's, vehicle, he's not dead, but yeah. So he, we don't go dark with it. Like he yeah. doesn't like spin off into space and explode, yeah. but his. His but car it's gets like, sailed like, in a way that he can't yeah. continue floating. And then the little, little Koopa Trooper <laughs> in the, the, um, the cloud comes by and goes, boop, yeah. boop, 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 and, and then like, picks him up yeah. with the fishing pole and sets him back down on the track. No, I, I like the idea of, of getting disabled and they have to like, then the announcers make a big deal about it and they send the, the rescue crew out to like go pick him up. Mm-hmm. So he just doesn't even place at all then. He went because of his own ego he knocked himself out of the race by trying to cheat against this human. Mm-hmm. That's it. So you have one character who's just like a real dick to her. Yeah. yeah. And then you have this other character who has been doing it forever. The immortal character. He's not like a dick, but just, just he's just above it. He's just unbeatable. He's just above it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's more like, I don't know. I don't know. His acceptance is, and respect is, is what, she needs or wants she doesn't even need it but it's, it's just it's a nice, nice to get it's yeah like, it's like because you got this guy who's who's a good sport about it because he's been doing it for so long that he's just like okay human welcome to the world of space racing mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. i see you've done this on your planet a bunch but this is different like yeah. he's not a dick about it he's just he's pragmatic about it where yeah it's just sort of like look i'm not saying you can't do it i'm just saying yeah this is different this isn't what you're and the other guy is just like why'd we even let him in this is a backwater Mm-hmm. piss like country like that's i send what, my that's garbage to your planet like why there should be some kind of there was some war with these races and that's why he hates her or something like that mm. that's why I, mean, I, I, I don't know but he could just be a fucking dick <laughs> and he could talk about he could be like the high society like yeah the planets the one of the planet's governor's sons or something and he's like well i send my trash to your planet because your yeah. planet's just a fucking dumpster yeah. like of course he's he's basically the space version of the the Harvard guy that wears the fucking yeah. sweater over the, the sweater. F- the, the frat bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think like in terms of how the story unfolds, I think that you start with some exposition of her and, and her being involved in, in, in the sport. You have her win a couple races like locally. She's trying to get into this big race, but the only way they're going to let her in is if she can prove via simulation that she can actually complete the race. You, you see her fail at that once or twice maybe so you're adding some sort of like she's failing and then she's finally able to do that yeah so they let her in but i don't want to like 
Like, it can't be just, like, you see her do the simulation three times. Maybe it's a different... Well, you can montage it. You can montage the simulation. Yeah, you just montage it and... Where it's, like, she's doing it and she gets further each time or she's, like, a couple of minutes short each time Mm. or something like that. We don't show the full course... Yeah, we don't even show the full course once during the simulation. We just show where she yeah. screws up each time and how she's getting further. You just montage it. You do a, yeah. a successful montage. And then she's talking with her team and her team tells her about the dangerous route that she can take if she really wants to. And like they're like, but we can't put it in the simulation. So you have to qualify on the standard track. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get that. I kind of like the idea we get of that her Chekhov's, kind of studying we get the, the Chekhov's recordings gun. Yeah. and her mm-hmm. saying, what about this route here? And maybe her yeah. dad, yeah. who has been there before, is, is the one who's like, it's a really her, dangerous route. Yeah, maybe yeah. her dad took like, it and he didn't die, but like he got disfigured. So he's like, you know, no, missing I like the, the leg or something. I like the idea of her dad not being a racer in this But version. I think maybe the guy like being the pit crew. But he used to like pit crew for an alien. Maybe the guy who used to pit crew for took it and didn't make it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so he's like completely opposed to it and he's like giving her all these warnings about it, but she's mm-hmm. like looking at it and she's like, this will shave like four minutes off the race. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a last ditch effort. And so maybe she promises her dad she won't take that route. And then she has to break that promise yeah. also yeah. because yeah. of the actions of the antagonist. Um, but because she's aware of it and she's studied it, she she knows the track in and out. Yeah. And she knows the standard route because it's part of the simulation. But then she's going into this unknown known where she knows it's there and she knows the basic layout of the track and it's part of her it's part of her HUD. She's got a map of it, but because of external factors, just that part of the track is just an unknown quantity. It's a risk. Yeah. And so she's studying the track and she's studying all that. And then we get some smaller local races earlier on in the movie. And I don't want to turn it into like a constant montage movie but like maybe the opening we get like some newspaper clippings of like local girl wins race or whatever and so we we build up that she's talented she's skilled she's a good driver we constantly see pictures of her with her pit crew who has mm-hmm. ne- who hasn't changed since childhood because it's just been all of her friends that she's grown up with who are all also in love with this sport and like i said maybe she's not you know she's not as underfunded and like as like i think after she wins a couple people think she, she wins like the local yeah. ones yeah. So once she once she starts pitching and trying to get into the bigger race, she gets picked up by like a planetary corporation yeah. who like is like, hey, we'll sponsor you for this race and we'll give you a good car to do it in if you can qualify. And so that's that extra added stakes of, oh, I need to qualify even just to prove to this company that I am worthy of a sponsorship also. Mm-hmm. And so she gets that sponsorship. She gets the chance to ride in the race that no human has ever gotten a chance to do before. And then she gets third, like, (laughs) or second or whatever. I'm trying to think of what the the bigger stakes are there. Maybe if we have her living on this moon, that's kind of like, you know, the projects or whatever, this planet, right? It's And maybe there is an opportunity for her to move on planet. Like yeah. with with that, and maybe she turns it down, or I don't know. Like I like I wonder if there's like a she takes her winnings and and turns it back into making the moon a better place to live. Yeah, yeah. maybe it's just like, like she's she's doing it for the community. Like yeah, and what I meant by like underfunded and like all that stuff. Yeah, she's from a poor like part of the of her system, right? Like she's not wealthy, but because of this corporate sponsorship she gets, people assume that she's going to be showing up in this like junky thing because. They just assume anyone from that moon is not mm-hmm. going to have the money mm-hmm. for it. But she gets the sponsorship 
from that corporation. So she shows up with a better ride than people are expecting yeah. her to have, yeah, yeah, is yeah, what yeah. I meant. Like, she's still from an underfunded, underprivileged part of the moon where she had to work and scrape and fight to get where she is. And that's that extra little bit of chip on her shoulder that she mm-hmm. brings with her where she's like, look, I'm not here because of some incentive program to put humans in this race. I'm here because I've earned it. Yeah. And that's, I was just thinking at the end to add a little bit to the conclusion, maybe they offer her a place to live on planet. Maybe she turns it down to, to refocus things into her community and things Mm -hmm. like that. Right. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think you get, I think you get that, or at least we could make it implied. Like I said, I don't think we need to beat anyone over the head with any of the social allegory or anything. I think it can be, we cannot hold the hand of the audience on something yeah. like that. But and I agree. I think it should just be a two-hour space race. <laughs> the first hour <laughs> I was is just setting thinking, everything like, up, and then the, the like, last two hours is just the space race. There should be like a lot of just like intense action when it is the race. Like it should be like Mad yeah. Max, where it's like fucking high octane, ratcheted up to eleven for these races, and then you can have some the exposition and these smaller kind of like lulls, but like the main driving force is going to be like the four or five races you see throughout this movie. Yeah. And I think that's good. I think you get, and maybe we even get an earlier race that she loses. Like we get her first loss. I think the first race should just be the guy that her dad used to work for. Like they're both there when he takes that route and that he doesn't make it. And then it's like her. I don't as know a if kid. we need to show that though. I think it would be pretty cool to have her as a kid playing with her friends in like a toy car and that race and like kind of cutting in between them. Parallel it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Of her kind of like, you know, she's listening on a radio or whatever, but yeah. they're like playing in the alley and then you're constantly cutting back to this and like he dies and that's kind of a. Not, I mean, it's not the same as like her dad dying, but it's kind of like this. It's like a big, it's like her, it's like her hero. Like, yeah. It's her hero, him, and right? it, it yeah. also yeah. it also gives us the audience the chance to see that this is dangerous. It's it's like, like when Richard Petty died, right? Everyone yeah. really liked the guy; he was really good, and then just this shitty little accident just took him out, and like everyone's just like shocked mm-hmm. because he was just like the star of the the human race kind of like league, and. No well, one. We can't have him, him be a. We can't have him be a human if he's in the race that she's getting into that no humans ever entered before. Sure. Yeah, he's so some other. Or it species. could be yeah. something before he even got into that race. He died. Like. Right. Like a, okay. like, a right. like a less dangerous than this one that no humans been in the qualifier yeah. for that one. Sure. Okay. I just wanted to make sure we weren't doing the thing where he goes down the route that she's going to take. No, no, no. It could be like a different race, but it's like in like Blade Runner, they have those billboards that are the size of like uh, a building. Like she could be watching like that with like her friends and her neighborhood. So it's like, you know, as soon as this dude who's about to get into that race dies, you know, it brings them all down. You know, they lost their their one hero that was going to get into that race. And then yeah. later when she grows up, she becomes that hero that's going to get them into that race. OK, no, I think that yeah. works. I think that's cool. That could be a I'm cool way to if, start. If it, that, you know? Is that motivation more important than like foreshadowing or introducing this shortcut? I don't later. think you need to foreshadow the sh- shortcut. This could be yeah. the qualifier okay. for the race no humans been in. No, I know. I, yeah. I understand. Yeah. I think, I mean, like, foreshadowing I the shortcut 
has its value in setting it up as a possibility. And then, but then it also sets it up that like, if I saw that right after that happened, I would be like, all right, she's going to have to take the shortcut later. Right. Like yeah. that's, that's so I think what that's, really does to me as a viewer is say, Oh, this is what it's going to be. It's Chekhov's gun. Yeah. yeah. It's Chekhov's Where, gun. And which is why I think her discovering it and like actually actively voicing it to the team is better. I think, mm-hmm. I think she's watching the footage and she's like noticing like, and she keeps going further and further back in the archives, maybe. And she's yeah, like, like, no one ever the, takes this route. And then she like finds five the people one. Have ever taken this, you know? Yeah. Over and the so she finds the. Years. Yeah. And so she finds the people who have taken the route, and she's like, "Oh, well, this is." Pro-. And or maybe her friend does, the one who runs all the statistics mm-hmm. uh, on the team goes, "Well, here's the five people who tried to take that route, and here's the zero people who made it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I I like that. I like. I mean, maybe the course can have a couple of those, but like some of them are equal, but this is just the one that like is so dangerous and so beneficial to like shaving off a mile of the race or whatever. Yeah. But it's so dangerous that no one does it. So there's a couple other times where like cars split up and do a couple different things, but then they come back to the main tracks. Yeah. So visually is, you get yeah. that kind of like, yeah. The so you can disappear stuff, stuff and add different elements. Yeah. Cause like, why would a fucking racetrack have just one, just little, one shortcut? Yeah, yeah. One shortcut. It should be. No, I, I, I agree. I think yeah. that makes sense to where it's like they're analyzing and they could even show like, you could have one of those scenes where they, they show all the routes and the friend who crunches the numbers is like, here's the yeah. optimal route and it goes on the shortcut. And they're like, well, why would no one ever take this? And then they find the, the footage. Like, you can yeah. introduce the shortcut in a way where, yes, it's a Chekhov's gun, where it's like, oh, okay, she is but probably going to wind up having it. Later, having though. Yeah, you're introducing it way later. Yeah, yeah, not, you're introducing not like it later. scene of the movie. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. is like yeah. before the race is going to start. Yeah, like, and that's when her she, friend she can sees, explain to her, yeah. like, so she her friend can explain route. to her, like, on, on paper, this is the fastest route, but when you look at the unknowns of it, this is why no one takes it because yeah. it's so mm-hmm. dangerous. There's the, no one's, you can't actively map it. We can't actually run you through it on the simulator properly yeah. because it'll just be running down a, a road that we don't even know where it actually exists mm-hmm. fully anymore kind of thing. But it's like part of the course. Yeah. But her friend's like, no one ever takes this way because, you know, in the last hundred years, five people have taken it and none of them has finished the race by yeah. taking that shortcut. So it's just worthless. Yeah. It's like too big of a risk. But then you give her that incentive to have to take that route because of the antagonist spinning them both out and yeah. dropping them back six places to where neither one of them is going to place in the race anymore mm-hmm. unless they take that route. So yeah. I think that's the good way to yeah, to introduce it. And then you could kind of like, you you do one full lap, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm picturing these sort of like NASCAR, not with 500 laps because mm-hmm. they're, they're so much bigger courses, but you do I like, like three laps, like, like three or four laps game. kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with and, the different routes you can go, we can show yeah. them differently. It doesn't have yeah, to be yeah. you're seeing the same thing over and over. And that's what I'm saying. But like, so we we show like maybe one full. We show her first full lap, and then we kind of like montage where the things differ, or not montage, but edit and cut where the route differs. So she goes yeah. through it, and now they're like, okay, now this time go ahead and take the upper upper right well, back. Like one so time there's like a crash, and, and she has to take a different route. Yeah, to get around. And so on, like, but then on like the final lap, we just go where it's like the announcers are like, we're approaching the final lap of the race, and blah blah blah. And, oh, these two are vying for second and third. And then they spin each other out. And they're like, oh, that was a dirty play by Krabulon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think it could, could be like there's like 20 people in this race or something like that. And so you can have like a couple like big crashes that kind of knock some of them out, force yeah. people to take other routes and different things. And I think three is a good number for for the laps. 
Yeah. And then you get, but so the final race is the one that we show mostly in its entirety. Cause that's like the big climax of the movie. Yeah. That should but be just like the, 30 minutes of just this race. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that <laughs> maybe not that long. It's going to be but, really fucking intense, man. Yeah. But no, so we're going to do 4d where it squirts like water at you and like right. little air puffs come and tickle your neck. We're going to create new movie theaters for this thing. The initial couple races will just be sort of like montage stuff. And here she comes around on the last lap. She's got a strong lead. The, she hasn't lost the lead she's had all race or whatever, right? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. boom, she wins. Yay, woo, yay. So I think we sort of clip show some of the earlier races. And then we mo- we get our one big montage of her training to qualify. And then we get the final race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I wonder if there's an opportunity for... A little bit more interpersonal, like personal drama in this, and where sure, and where I think that, that comes at? from like the that comes from the press events and the the promotional, because now she's entering a world that she hasn't really been in before either, where she has to go to these pressers and she has to go to these meet and greets and like these big fan events and things like because this is a big deal. This is the mm-hmm. big race, and so she has to go to these things, and that's where she gets her interactions, where she goes to like the big dinner party that's just for the racers, right? And that's where she... And granted, yeah, we're saying there's like 20 people in this race, but there's only like six that we care about or meet yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah. Or five, something there, like there's that. There's random 15, 14 drones that are just mm. Yeah, the, other they don't racers. really matter. Yeah. They're just NPCs. They yeah. don't actually matter. But then we get our big three, which is her, the racist asshole guy, and then the... The champ, yeah. the guy who's won the last 150 races because he's just immortal. Yeah. So we get those three. We set him up as sort of a false antagonist where it's like, oh, this is the guy she's going to beat, right? Like in a standard sports movie, this is the guy who also gets his comeuppance of like, oh, I didn't get first place like I have the last 150 times. But he knows the race so well that there's no chance that he's ever going to mm-hmm. <laughs> like lo- lose it, right? So yeah. he just knows what he's doing. But he still comes off as like sort of pretentious, but not like I think he should be like the wolf in uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Like everyone's talking about him the whole time when he shows up. He's like way off in the distance. Not a big part of it, but does the fist (laughs) raises fists. (laughs) So like the fist raising is his kind of like good job, kid. You know, when they're like on the podium. No, I think I think they I think they meet. I think they talk, but it's not rude it's not Mm. it's not openly antagonistic but it's enough to where you want him to i mean obviously she's our protagonist so you want her to win and he's a guy where you're like okay well i don't really want you to win but you you're not an asshole about it kind of thing yeah Um, but then condescending yeah that's what that's what i'm saying he's he's condescending but he's not like a major asshole no he's like definitely underestimating but he's underestimating her because he underestimates everyone like even the big pretentious like racist asshole he's like he's like well you know you're not any better like you've been only Mm -hmm. doing you've only been doing this for like five years like okay junior right like he's just sort of above it all like he's just been doing it for so long that he doesn't even really consider it a big deal anymore i don't i don't think this guy should be like immortal i think it should like ground it a little bit more to give the possibility that he could lose so maybe he's won nine out of the last like 15 okay races right so he's like He's got a winning record. He's like Tom Brady, but a nicer guy where he's just like, he's good. And it's like, man, it's always, I just want to beat this guy. And if he's in the race, chances are he's going to fucking win, you know? Right. I just like the idea that he can't actually die. So like (laughs) he's gotten into accidents 
a bunch. Well, right? He's mean, done I, all these dangerous he routes. He just like regenerates and, and just doesn't die. <laughs> well, I didn't think I, I wasn't thinking like immortal like that. I was thinking like they're just almost an ageless species. Like they can that's, still die. Well, I, think no, it's, I get that. That's yeah. what I was thinking. <laughs> like I'm thinking them. more of like a like a Wookiee where it's like they got like a 250 year lifespan, yeah. you know. I think more to the interpersonal stuff, you're going to get you're going to get most of the interpersonal journey from our main character and her pit crew during the qualifier where they're running all those numbers and they're tuning the car and like figuring out how to get it to her specifications and and the best way to like cuz now they've got this like corporate car and yeah, yeah. they're like so they're like mm-hmm. well we got to make it work the way that works for you cuz you've been driving this car for so long that driving this corporate car feels different or like let's get you up to speed on it let's mess with the specs and like figure it out and like make it work for you so that's where you get your interpersonal stuff there there doesn't need to be any any drama or like fight or falling like, out i don't want that like second act falling out with the pit crew i i mm-hmm. where it's like crossing or falling out or yeah no like i think they should just be a cohesive team who gets along they butt heads a little bit on certain things like no one thinks she should take this shortcut like everyone's yeah. trying to discourage her from the shortcut and it looks like that's going to be the case because she even promises her dad that she won't take the shortcut because it's just too dangerous. So that could be the biggest falling out we have is just her dad like revealing that one of the people who died on that shortcut was someone he used to be on the pit crew for. It doesn't have to be a human. It could be another alien or whatever mm-hmm. that's driven the race before. But he reveals like they're telling you they don't know how dangerous it is. I'm telling you I do know how dangerous it is. Like promise me you won't take this route. And so she gets that extra conflict of, do I push to try to win or do I keep my promise to my dad and not take this shortcut? But now she's so far back that she like has to make that call and she mm-hmm. decides to take the shortcut. And we get, mm-hmm. that, we get that sort of personal battle there too. Yeah. I like the idea of her tech whiz guy, girl, whoever, helping navigate her through it, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's not necessary. Maybe maybe it's more of like a Luke Skywalker trust the force type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, I like uh, the... I think realistically they should be able to be like, hey, looks like your telemetry data or whatever, your radar systems are telling us you're coming into a, an, an asteroid storm or meteor storm or whatever. Like, keep an eye out for that. And then they you see a bunch of meteors coming down and she's mm-hmm. like, thanks for the heads up. You know, like a little sarcastic where it's like, the first meteor hits and they're like, yeah, hey, your radar yeah. is showing like you're going into a meteor storm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. I wonder, I was just thinking of what does she have that all of these other alien racers don't have the that force. allow her to, and not the force because we're not making pod racers the movie. Right. But, but like part of the reason why Anakin did win is because he had the force, right? And he was really good at it. What... And that's all I was thinking. And maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe that isn't necessary. Maybe she's just a really good driver. But, like, we've said multiple times that, like, all of these racers, the reason, I mean, like, humans have never been in this race because they're not able to do it, right? And what does she have that lets her not only complete it, but also complete the most dangerous course in that race, right? Space heroin. I think it's just Space the plot armor. Yeah. No, I think it... I th- I think it really is just going to come down to she's our main character. I don't think it needs to yeah. be anything magical or special about her. Because I wanted to, I even sort of want it to be like the concept of, which is why midichlorians pissed everybody off, right? It was because to be, anybody could use the force, right? Anybody could be yeah, yeah. special. Anybody with enough training and enough practice, anybody could do 
you know, I want it to be anybody could be our driver. Any human who put in enough effort and talent and work and practice could be this driver. They just haven't. Like no one else has. Yeah. She's no, the first one who, who who did, but I, I I don't want it to be like, oh, she's part of a new breed of human that's moderately psychic or Yeah, you know. that's not what I'm thinking. I was thinking more like her and her team thought differently about it. Yeah. Were able to approach it differently, like by using astro astrological like telemetric data to you know what I mean? Like something that well, that's what, yeah, so like maybe because her team, her tech whiz is not doesn't have the reflexes to be a driver, but studies enough of the data to know like, hey, I can give you this optimal route. Like mm-hmm. every race they race, they run the data, they crunch the numbers, they find the optimal route, they tune the vehicle to be perfect for everything they need it to do. That's what makes them special is they're such a cohesive team. They gel so well. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Something along that. We just build up this like teamwork and and family type of this is why we were able to do it. Really yeah. heartfelt thing where all the other racers are more like it's me and you guys are just mm-hmm. like well and maybe supporting she even, me and and like and maybe we even have a scene where when the corporate team comes in they try to give her this corporate pit crew and she's like no i need my team like i need my crew to do this like yeah, i can't do the this rig guys the to other go up in the space. crew and that's the first race she loses right okay yeah. right. so there we could get our we could get there our falling go. out if you want and it doesn't even need to be a big falling out maybe it's just a realization of like she goes hey this corporation's providing me with this crew I have to use the the crew the corporation gives me and like they're pissed off about it and like they have a little bit of a falling out. She loses the first race and then she realizes, oh, I need my team to win. And they're like, what the hell happened? And we're like, yeah, you took my team away from me. I told you I needed my team. Yeah. Yeah. And so then she gets her team and then she wins the next three races. And they're like, okay. That makes sense. So I think that I think that's good because it shows what's special isn't her it's and it's not the car or the vehicle or whatever we're gonna have them in yeah it's how they work together it's the support it's the team it's it's yeah i I like that a lot i like that i think that adds a little bit more to it to the meat of it no i like that i I like where we've gone with this i think it turned into a very all right the only two things we haven't talked about i mean one is a prop that's a camera which i think can easily fit into a lot of the televised and other things around around taking pictures cameras everywhere yeah and then Casting, which is probably the next thing we want to talk about anyway, because I think we've done a pretty good job of, of putting this whole idea. So I think we should start off with talking about who we want to cast, and then we can get into time travel casting it. Obviously, we want to cast our racer, her father, the main antagonist asshole racer, and probably the like winner, like the champ racer, right? Yeah, yeah. And everlasting then, champ. I don't want to have a list of 20 cast members. So maybe we can just talk about like two of her crew members just so we're not just like, like some supporting characters. To throw yeah. In. yeah. So like we have our tech person who's going to play a pretty big role and maybe like, like our best friend who is also on the, on the crew that is a supportive role. Right. Yeah. We get our tech guy, we get our tuner guy and we get our racer and then the dad. So we've got a four person crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And there may be other people in the crew, but for the, sake of these our are, yeah, casting these are our right four, now. I just yeah, these, are, these, are our, these are these are our Dave Rico yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> hot rod. Um and then we have the two opposing racers. Yeah. So for the champion racer, uh since he's gonna be an alien and he's gonna be uh you know mostly probably motion captured kind of thing, 
I was picturing the sort of like pompous nobility that like Bill Nighy could bring from like when he was like Davy Jones from Pirates, where he's just that okay. sort of like This is for I mean, the the winner guy? for the champ. Yeah, the champion guy. Okay. So I was thinking Bill Nye. I think I Bill Nye could do it that at any age, but yeah. Yeah, and that's why I'm I'm not using him for the time travel casting. I'm using him for just I think we motion capture it and we have so the character looks younger than Bill Nye's voice portrays, yeah. but Bill Nye is the type of gravitas that I want for that type of character. I yeah, was, I like him a lot. I was thinking uh like the mummy version of Brendan Fraser. Because that has that like nice voice of I like his voice in the robot on uh, Doom Patrol, but okay. I think that like a little bit younger, kind of in his prime, Brendan Fraser. But so you want to use our time travel on Brendan Fraser? I want to use him, yeah. And do yeah. you want him to like look like Brendan Fraser, but with Klingon makeup? Just like a like a you... like a beefy kind of like buffed up version of it, you know, like in shape, George of the Jungle esque kind of with a, a little bit more pounds are we talking about now with which character you're talking for Uh, the the, champ winner guy instead of the bill nighy that's who i was thinking that was just my alternate uh idea so we're time we're doing time traveled brennan frazier for that character i mean the whole cast could be time traveled so oh okay it doesn't have to be just one character yeah no yeah the whole cast can be any anyone oh okay yeah yeah yeah. one character was picked from the no no no, they can all be time traveled i mean this is just more of like more sense you know, before we decided it was a it was a girl racer, we could have gone with James Dean for the, you <laughs> yeah. know, like anyone anywhere. Right. Well, I'm just okay. trying to think of a nice guy that would be a good winner without being a dick. And I Okay, I, no, that makes sense. You know, and we're not gonna do motion cap, it's just gonna be him with like some prosthetic makeup and stuff. It could like be that. that or it could be like the aliens could be really good looking mocap right. stuff, you know? I don't know. No, I think I think doing Brendan Fraser with just some prosthetics and like it's good prosthetics, not mm. like weird, like, but like, you know, like I said, with like Klingon makeup, but, but like, but make him like taller when he walks by, make him like eight feet tall. So he just yeah, like towers, sure. you know, just like, like uh, exudes that kind of like, you know, like John winner. Travolta from Battlefield Earth. I yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, I generally prefer prosthetics over, over CG. Sure. Like, one of my biggest issues with the new Star Wars is that they went and made Snoke CG. And I didn't really see the reason why in the yeah, end, it was weird. what mm-hmm. he ended up being. Like I, I just didn't seem like it could have been a person, yeah. It I was just to thinking for CGI, I was just thinking you know? how fantastical we were going to make some of the the creatures with some of the effects. Yeah, um, and I think that like if we wanted to have be, someone with like tentacle arms who like uses his like, I think yeah. there's going to have to be plenty of CGI in this yeah. in this movie. It's it's yeah. a fantastical sci-fi movie, but the characters you're really focusing on that you want to believe in yeah. shouldn't have a CG mouth. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just the, the it doesn't work yet. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you know? like uh, Gardens of the Galaxy kind of like mixture. of of races and mm-hmm. aliens and stuff where it's like a lot of it is just practical background people with different things. And when you get up close, it's really good prosthetics. Yeah. So antagonist racer. I was thinking Alan Tudyk as the voice of that. Oh, I was thinking Alan Rickman. Oh, okay. Like I, like, young, I like Alan Rickman. Like, I like die Alan hard, Rickman. die hard Alan Rickman. Yeah. No, I yeah. like Alan Rickman. Yeah. I like that. But like, mostly voicing like I, I want the antagonist guy to feel yeah. sort of more alien than i feel like i don't know maybe that's a little rude to say but i want the antagonist to be a little less i wanted to humanize the 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 mm-hmm. villain a little more but i think like a a young voiced alan rickman no i like the diehard version of him yeah he was still spry yeah mm-hmm. i'm down with that 
What do we want to do for our, our lead uh, driver? Yeah. I was thinking about Zoe Kravitz. Okay. What do you That's think? a good one. I like that. But have her like in her 30s-ish. So like um, like how high, high fidelity. Uh, is she 30 now? I thought she's older. She was born in 1988. So are you thinking of her mom? Um, Were you thinking of Lisa Bonet? Was I? I mean, if you're thinking of Zoe Kravitz in her 30s, she's currently in her 30s. That's what so. I'm saying. Like right now, she's <laughs> Maybe I am thinking of her mom. I think you might have been thinking of Lisa uh, Bonet. Because they look so much fucking like. So maybe Elise Bonet. Okay. She's in high fidelity, right? Yeah. Her high fidelity kind of like era. Or like enemy of the state. Like that kind of like era Lisa Bonet. Okay. Yeah, sure. I think that's great. That could be So our... like when she was Zoe Kravitz's age. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we want the acting chops of Lisa Bonet. I get, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> for some reason, I saw the trailer for the... High fidelity TV show with Zoe Kravitz, and I was just like, "Man, Lisa Bonet is looking old." But no, it's just her daughter. <laughs> is that that's kind of fucked up? But <laughs> yeah, so Lisa Bonet as the main girl. So then we need the the father figure. So I was thinking, like, we get like a Mickey Rourke type. Like, I wanted to be kind of like a little. I want gruff. Yeah, I was I was thinking Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Um, okay, that could work. I don't hate Mickey Rourke, though. Like the wrestler Mickey Rourke. I was thinking pre-face surgery Mickey Rourke. Oh, so. OK. But I guess he needs to be a little bit older. So we could go the wrestler Mickey Rourke. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Chad? I like Mickey Rourke a lot. And okay. I like uh, what was the other one you said? Jeff Bridges. I like both of those a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going Mickey Rourke, but like current Mickey Rourke or ish like wrestle, well, the wrestler, the wrestler. Was 10 years ago. So I think oh, that's shit. was that 10 years ago. already. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that's right. probably what we want to go with though. And then so, yeah. a couple side characters. Well, I think we're Who's... thinking about. So for the tech, tech, tech person, friend. Yeah. tech person. Who is Aunt May? The new Aunt May. Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. I'm thinking young, like, yeah. like, young, eight, young like Marissa Tomei. Yeah. My cousin Vinny. Yes. Oscar winner Marissa Tomei. Yeah, I mean, how Because she's in her 50s now. So I'm thinking if we put her down in her 30s with Lisa Bonet. Uh, I didn't know that I had the same birthday as Marissa Tomei. Yeah, there you go. Birthday buddies with her and Jeff Bridges. You can bring it up next time you guys are hanging out. (laughs) Yeah, I will. Certainly will. But, um, yeah, I think maybe the tech person would be a little bit younger than the, the. but like then, around the same age, character. right? Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, yeah something like late twenties, early thirties, uh, Marissa Tomei, I think would be good. I don't really know. The only uh, movie I have a reference there is Mike on the Vinny, and she's like, is playing a flighty idiot. In that. <laughs> but so, she's like, also a car tech whiz. <laughs> like she knows. But she also like knows some things. Yeah. Okay. But, One of the um, other, uh, and we need the uh, we need the the tuner, the car tuner, which I think should be a dude. I I'm agree. Trying to think of who. I, I was thinking um, that should be Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean. Jimmy James Dean. Dean. I want uh, the sausage guy. Let's get Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart. We'll bring in Jimmy Stewart. I was thinking. What about a young Val Kilmer? Like top secret uh, Jimmy Val Dean. Kilmer. So James Dean. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The Jimmy Dean's the, the sausage guy. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, um, damn, who did I literally just say? Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. I was thinking Paul Bettany from like A Knight's Tale. Paul Bettany from Knight's Tale? Okay. Yeah. Like young Paul Bettany. Or you want real genius Val Kilmer. Yeah, like that era of Val Kilmer, like when he was a stud. I think we should just have both of them. Okay, yeah, we right? get two tech guys. They could be both. Sure, like they could be brothers and they fight a lot. 
Sure, yeah. Like uh, the Ocean's uh, Eleven guys? Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. So we get, so we get, who was it? Val Kilmer and who? Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. I like the idea of having two guys on the team that are brothers. Yeah, yeah there we and go. And they're fighting. They're also like competing over over her kind of like affection. <laughs> and right. she's get, just not interested at and all. And she's not interested yeah. in either one of them. <laughs> but, they yeah. both, but they both like think that, I think it's cool because then we could have these things where they both think they know what's best for the, for working the engine. Mm-hmm. And then they like land on the opposite and yeah, they're like, completely different. <laughs> <laughs> and we could get that techno babble where like we need to adjust the samoflange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. All right. Well, I think that's good for cast then. Sure. Yeah. And then I think for the poster, it'll just be like a racing helmet. With like a in space? like a racing helmet with like reflections of space like stuff. Like space stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that could yeah. be cool. Like a yeah. so like a racing helmet on a black field, but then in the visor is like the star field. Yeah, it could be two 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 suns and a big planet that's yellow. Yeah, you know, just general on. sci-fi space stuff. Space. I think that's a good poster. Yeah. yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, and it's minimalist, and it's it's really cool. Aqua. You gonna start designing that for me, Mikey? Yeah, sure. That's not a problem. All right, you work on that one. I'll work on some other stuff. All right, we got a title. This title. Mikey said earlier, and I made a note of it when we were talking about the path that she takes to to place in the race. Um, he mentioned it as like the unknown known, which is yeah. like a phrase in risk analysis when you're talking about like whether or not it's going to happen and what the risk is, uh-huh. right? There's this known unknown kind of chart. And um, so like the known unknown is, is or the unknown known, you know <laughs> what the risks are, but you don't know if they're going to happen or something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, and it's sort of, and either way, and if you flip it on its head and call it the known unknown, you're just talking about uncertainty mm-hmm. principles at that point. Yeah, I thought that I was kind of cool. It it's stuck a cool out. phrase, but yeah. I mean, it's a good theme to build on for the movie about just risk assessment in general. But mm-hmm. I don't know if it screams this is a high energy like space race, you know, yeah. movie, right? Space race. I like space. space Why don't we do space, <laughs> space race? Eraser. Race space. <laughs> Space eraser. The eraser. The space eraser. Space eraser head? Space there we eraser go. head, yeah. We could just make it really weird and David Lynchy. Yeah, there mm. we go. We'll just I, mean, I thought we were doing that anyway. Movie. Like halfway through the movie, it just breaks down and makes no fucking sense. So she gets mm. caught up in like some sort of like radiation belt and it just melts her brain and she starts <laughs> having hallucinations about yeah. like swimming through swimming through space instead of driving okay well, you know, we just we're, we're going a different direction fuck that whole thing we just talked about <laughs> yeah. we tricked it's over yeah. we switched the movie at the end <laughs> ah, it's a Shyamalan gotcha. twist <laughs> yeah. I don't know what are you guys thinking no uh, so I mean I guess speaking of swimming through space you got like different mediums throughout history that space could have been made out of and they all sound like futury and sciency like you had like the space fields and like all these like different radiation belts that they proposed which some turned out to be true and others didn't it's like the turtle we're all, we're all a little flat world on a turtle right yeah yeah <laughs> when you get into like disc world and, and then yeah. turtles so, swimming through through the, space through space. the ether man like, the ether uh, the there we go yeah. it's the nothing from it's the nothingness from uh never ending story <laughs> nothing uh no yeah the ether is the the medium through which you were able to travel through space because it yeah. was like they thought you needed to go through it like water kind of thing mm-hmm. and so it's like this proposed unknown element in space but it's all it's still sort of like connected with space and sci-fi yeah stuff so i can see another you know civilization coming up with that same kind of 
idea of there's something in space before they actually get to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be an intrinsically human thing or maybe yeah. even in this universe, maybe in this universe on certain planets, a, a material similar to ether exists yeah. where it's not liquid or solid or a gas or anything. It's just like they can make dark matter and shit like that. Or, or yeah. Or whatever. just like, and like they just have this, you know, they, they can create ether on the, on the maps. And maybe that's part of what, does those gravity things we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, and we can expound on that in the movie later on, but it could also yeah. be part of the title. We can and spell then, the the ether the weird old English way, right? The With old the English little, way? The, the yeah. way that, like, Grimes yeah. and uh, yeah. Elon Musk have their kid's name all hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I think uh, that makes sense. Yeah. And it, yeah. Just, it, makes the, it makes the long E. It's a diphthong enunciator. You're a diphthong. Or- Whatever, <laughs> it'll make a cool looking uh poster yeah. though yeah, yeah visually no, cool. visually it's just a cool element yeah. people um, <laughs> won't know how to pronounce our movie but it's it's fine they'll figure it mm. out it's just ether it's yeah just, yeah but everyone's gonna call it a ether ether yeah what do we want to call it just called ether or do we want to well i mean you think like maybe something after that right well like you were talking about before and on a couple other episodes where you like the titles to like go with the themes so like since she's got these goals and these ideals and it's a race, we don't want to call it like ether race because that's that sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds vaguely racist for some reason. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. What, we I, don't know what I mean, it's all Hitler's fault. He just ruined yeah. everything. <laughs> he ruined everything, Norse. No, but so so she's got the goals. We could go with like ether lines, ether dreams. I like ether, ether dreams. dreams. That just sounds cool. Dream, singular or plural? What do we want it? I think she's got to have more than one dream. She's got more than one dream. So she's one one dream is to get into the race. The second dream is to win the race, right? <laughs> so it's Ether Dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, who, what was that movie where damn it, the guy who like John Voight sucks on the ether or whatever? Oh, Battlefield Earth. Is it? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, it, or part. maybe it wasn't John Voight. It was uh, John Travolta. Damn it! Right? No, not John Travolta. It was um, he's like an old crazy guy in the movie. Oh, the, Blue Anthony Velvet. Hopkins. Yeah, Blue it's, Velvet. Uh, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Okay, yeah, where he's yeah. got the the face mask where he just breathes the ether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because ether is also a chemical, and it gives you ether dreams. So that's. <laughs> there we go. She's just high the whole time. She's just high. Yeah, the all the like racing pods are just full of ether. space heroin. <laughs> It's my favorite kind of heroin. Our, our space heroin is high on space heroin. That's good. That works. <laughs> yeah. Oh, All right. Well, okay, that's so cool. So we're going to call it Ether Dreams with the the weird A, A, A doodad. Can yeah. we do like seven Zs at the end or are we just going to do regular dreams? I think we're going to do regular dreams. All right. <laughs> no fine. Zs. Be boring. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how many Zs make it into the title. <laughs> right. I get what you're saying though because and then each Z could get smaller and smaller. And then they like, and then, like <laughs> they come like in the background of, like, like behind the helmet. It turns into the stars. And, and they're yeah. like tiny but backwards and then they just spiral down. <laughs> You could do that, right? Just yeah. Spend all night making Z's. I mean, I could just yeah, I could do text on path and then just shrink the. the oh, there you go. Yeah, it would work itself out. Fancy. <laughs> Some, yeah. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that that sounds like a good title. I like it. Cool. All right, and that is script round two. Check us out on social: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at script round two. Uh, you can check out our website, scriptout2.com. If you would like to send us suggestions or ideas for what you would do with the prompts we drew today or any other episode, you can email us at podcast at scriptprompt2.com or you can message us on social media. If you like what we're doing and you'd like to hear more of it, 
you can check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash scriptprompt2. We have bonus episodes and early access to our content. Bye-bye. Bye. Later. Later.